All right, so this morning, if you'd be so kind, stoop so low, be so condescending as open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3, I would like to continue on because this applies also to our recognizing of our pathfinders today. What we had and what was going on in the chapter there in chapter 3, picking up, this is where we left. Moses last week was at the burning bush. Excuse me a moment. <clears throat> We left him at the burning bush, and uh, he was having a conversation with the Lord, and he said, then he said, uh, God introduced himself to him and said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. That particular introduction, as he was saying that, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had specific purposes because when he was introducing himself, he was giving himself a kind of an ID. He was identifying himself because Moses had lived so long with areas where there were so many other gods, the god of the Nile, the god of the sun, the god of the frogs, the god of the flies, on and on and on. There are all these other ones. And he introduced himself as the god who was the god who kept his promises because he'd given his promise to Abraham. He was also one who speaks to us. The Nile God never spoke to them. But this one spoke to them. He was one who saves. He also was one who loved them. The Nile God did not love them. Impossible. The only God who can do that is the only God. The one and only. So he introduced himself to him. To him and at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. He was afraid. He looked. That's exactly where we left it last week. If you're not tuned into that, you certainly can go on our website and pick that message up. So that's where we are. Today, I'd like us to continue on, if you would, reading in verse chapter, seven, uh, chapter 3, verse 7. Pick up. And the Lord said, continues this conversation, <clears throat> I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned about their suffering, the Lord said. So I have come down to rescue them from the land of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up to the land and to the good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That land is yet for us to welcome when Jesus comes. And so the Exodus experience gives us a hint of how God will lead in the future and take us home. So it was the home, verse 8, of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Havatites, and the Jebusites. All of them were there in that, the Canaanite communities of which the Lord would address them when Israel got there. And so verse 9, and he said, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way they are treated and oppressed them, how they've been treated. And so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh and to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And as I read that, I said, oh, that, that was really short and sweet. You know, okay. Uh, thank you very much, Moses. I picked you. Here's your command. Go to Egypt and get Israel out. Be no problem. <laughs> And Moses responded, basically what he said was, well, who, me? Who, are, you, are you talking to me? The shepherd here, standing here with my sheep? Why, I have been in Egypt in long 40 years. You're talking to me? Looking at that, verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh 
and bring Israelites out of Egypt. Because, you see, Moses was on the most wanted list. He had killed somebody there, broken their laws, had to flee, was not welcomed back in Egypt. So when he said, you know, who am I to go? It was his first step to say, without actually saying it, you know my past, and you know why I'm here. Basically what he was saying. And I'd like you to notice what God said. I will be with you. I will be with you. And in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, the I really is the plural tense. We would say we, but it, it doesn't quite catch it. And he would say, saying and responding to him and said, I, the Godhead, will be with you. I will be with you. All of us, Father, Son, Spirit, we will all be with you when you go, as you make your way. And this I will be with you, and there will be a sign to you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. He was on Mount Horeb. That's where he was. And that was the mountain, sure enough, when Moses brought them out. They crossed the Red Sea. They came down to Horeb. And when they got to Horeb, he brought them all around. That's where he gave them the Ten Commandments. That's where he taught them. It was the Mount Horeb. So that was the promise that was given to Moses. That was the assurance. You'll know that I am with you when we're standing here at this mountain and you've taken Israel out of there. <laughs> and Moses must have responded, I think I missed something here. How did we get from the burning bush to me getting them out, getting them all over here, getting them down here? Something's missing in this story. And so he, in essence, said, I have a few questions. I'd like to ask a few questions if you don't, if you don't mind. So Moses said to God, suppose, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Names are very important, remember. Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am. The I am has sent you. The I am. The I am. That great concept that I am. Meaning not something that would start. Something that I am, I have always been. There has been no beginning, no end. I have always been the great God, the only God, I am. Well, in Hebrew, we would say Yahweh. We would pronounce it Yahweh. That's how you would say it. The I am Yahweh would be the expression about that. In your King James Bible, maybe you have the word Lord there, do you? If you're looking in your King James Bible, if you'll notice very carefully, if you'll look close, notice closely, all of the letters in the word Lord are in capitals. They're not in lowercase. That's a reason for that. The reason when you see Lord all in uppercase like that, you will notice that that is the word Yahweh that's being used. That's what their translators in King James Version. In the New American Standard, they would say Jehovah. You would see that word, Jehovah, in that place to have happened. The other word was Elohim. The other word they used for Lord, and that was what you would actually speak, was Elohim, even though if it said Lord, the other one. 
um, you would read that because in Jewish tradition, Yahweh was the most sacred name of God, and you would never speak it out loud. So you would say Elohim, or you would say the small capital L, then lowercase L-O-R-D. You get that at no extra charge today. But it is an incredible concept, the importance that they had about even speaking the sacred name of God. How interesting that so many people in this world just use it as an expression of, you know. Verse 15, so God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord your God of the God of the fathers, of the father, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, who has sent me. This is my name forever, he told them. The name that you shall call me from generation to generation, Yahweh. So go assemble, and I'm in verse 16, go assemble the elders uh, of Israel. And so he said, the, in verse 18, the elders of Israel will listen to you. Really? Maybe. God had promised that they would. So then you, then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. And let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But, the Lord continued to say, but I know that the Lord, the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. Mighty hand compels him. Now, I emphasize that because we often see in the Old Testament the concept of the mighty hand of God. It also is the same type of expression when it talks about the staff, the staff of God that Moses will talk about later. But that hand of God, the mighty hand of God, was an emphasis on the the action of God to do something in behalf of Israel. Would they welcome the mighty hand of God? Of course they would, because it would be something to defend them. And so when he said a mighty hand will lead them, so he goes on, I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them, and after that, he will let you go. And... I will make the Egyptians favorable and disposed toward you, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to, and to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and clothing, which would later be used in construction of the sanctuary, which you are to put on your sons and your daughters, and so we will go and plunder the Egyptians." Plunder the Egyptians by them freely giving stuff just to get us out of there. God predicted that, said to that. Now, would you drop into chapter 4, right in the next chapter? Too bad they have broken that, but that's the way it is. We go into the next chapter. And Moses answered and said, what if, <laughs> what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Now, here we get another example of Moses' lack of trust in God. Lack of trust. 
Who will go for them? What if they don't believe me? What if, what if blah, 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 blah. It goes on. Lack of trust in, in what God was saying. And you know, as I read that and I thought about that, I probably would be in the same space too. Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would say, I would have questions too. And I, you know, I'm a pastor, I'm leaving, but I'm not sure I'm going to make this with you. So God says, I will give you three signs, three signs that you're going to have that I am with you. The first one will be that take your staff and throw it to the ground. And he threw it to the ground and it turned immediately into a deadly snake. A very venomous snake. And Moses, the Bible says, moved back, got away from the snake because it was so dangerous. It could have uh, bit him and killed him. And then the Lord says, now step up and take it by the tail. Now, I've talked to the pathfinders before. You do not take a snake by the tail. That is just a no, 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 no. I'm not a real friend of snakes, and so I really just leave them by themselves. But... If you're going to pick up a snake, you pick it up by the neck, right? Pick it up and you know, control the snake that way so it won't bite you. So go to saying, trust me, Moses, by picking up that venomous snake by the tail. And then he said, give me a second sign. He said, all right, take your hand and put it in your cloak. So go, go put it in there. And now pull it out. So he pulled it out and it's leprosy on it. Diddly leprosy. And he sees that, and of course, he, if you have leprosy, you're in deep trouble. And so then he says, now put it back in. So he put it back in and pulls it out, and it's healed. And he says, I'll give you a third sign. When you get there, I want you to dip your um, a bowl of something in the Nile and pick it up, and now pour it out on the ground. And by the time it hits the ground, it'll be blood. See, the Nile was a god of the Egypt. So from the water into blood. Significant. So Moses goes, well, wait, 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 wait. I'm not eloquent in speech. You know? <laughs> and I'm, not a, I'm not a good public speaker. I, I have difficulty with that. Some of you feel that same way about yourselves, about that. Well, he says, well, I'm, I'm not a good public speaker. So, uh, you know, I'm not your man. And the Lord said to him, who gave humans, human beings, their mouths? Who made them deaf or mute? Who gave the sight and makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. And Moses comes back and says, well, pardon your servant, Lord. Uh, please send someone else. After the snake, after the hand, after about the blood, after appearing in the fire, after doing this, God speaking to God, the whole thing. Now Moses says, please find someone else. Kind of sounds like the nominating committee looking for people to help. <laughs> then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. Now I want you to pay incredibly close attention to your Bible right now. To these verses that are coming up because they're incredibly insightful. If you don't pay attention, you'll miss it. 
and it'll go right by you, and you, you won't have picked it up. But it is crucially important to understanding something about Scripture. And it comes in the next few verses. So Moses is there. He's asked for someone else. Please send one else. God's anger has is, is been raised against, he's burning against Moses. And he said to them, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you. And he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. And I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak. He will speak to the people for you. And it will be as if he were your mouth and if you were God to him. Would you notice that? If you were God to him. Did you, did you catch this? This is, this is important. Because he will speak to the people for Moses. And it will be as if he were your mouth. And as if you were God to him. What in the world? Well, he's talking about a very important concept and inspiration of how the scriptures and how the things came to you. The message that is in the Bible. The message that came from God. He's outlining how this comes to you. And we have to catch on to that because the Lord, the Lord will tell Moses the message, what he's supposed to speak. And now Moses will tell Aaron what to speak. And then the Lord will guard that message to make sure it's okay. I will be with your mouth, he said. There is a, a process there. Now, not every single word did Moses take from God and just be like dictation to, Mo, uh, to Aaron, his brother, nor did Aaron take every single word exactly like dictation to speak to the people. They said it in their own words. They said it and used their language. But the message remained exactly the same. That's how we can have four Gospels. Amen. And all of them be true. You know this woman? Some of you do. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She has a unique job, doesn't she? Yeah, can you see where she is? She's standing there in the White House, and she in the press room. And she is the one who shares with the press, shares with the press, the thoughts of the President of the United States. She is not hired to repeat the concepts of Sarah. She is hired to share the thinking and the words from the president to the press. You understand that? Does she repeat exactly the same words the president does? Well, on sometimes she does because I see her read it. But at other times, she shares the concept and takes questions back and forth. But when you listen to her, and when the press listens to her, they assume they are getting the message from the president. That's the press secretary's role. So that 
step in inspiration is incredibly important to understand. That that's how the Bible, your Bible, was delivered to you. So Moses is absorbing all this of how this is supposed to work. How this is going to happen when he goes before Pharaoh. How this is going to make this process work. And as he goes to do this, as he makes this uh, journey that he's supposed to take, as the Lord said, go, go do it, he has in his back of his mind that concept, well, what if? What if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? What if he doesn't listen to me? What if the people don't listen to me? What if there are all kinds of problems? What if, what if, what if? You know, we can live with that, can't we? We, we live with that. What if, what if I can't get a job? What if, what if I can't find a place to live? What, what, if, what if I've got cancer? What if I've got... On and on and on, don't we? What if? The Lord said, I will take care of you. Trust me. Well, what? Yeah, yeah but there's a, I, I agree that, but I got a lot of what ifs. So this morning, I would like to suggest to you, with those what ifs running through your mind, running through your life, coloring how you act and how you receive what if, what if, what if. That you lay those out before the Lord. You see, he didn't get mad and get upset and his anger burned towards Moses because he asked questions. He didn't ask that. He got it when he had shown him and still he lacked in trusting in him. So the step forward is, the step of faith is, I trust you, Lord. May we discuss this. And the great place to do that is in prayer. When you are real with God with your what-ifs and your doubts and your questioning, God will then be real with you. The more specific you are, the greater he can answer. If you just need a little Lord, you make your prayer, well, Lord, you know, bless me. Thanks very much. See you later. There's not a lot that God could be blessing you. You'd never recognize it. But I would suggest... That you, in your prayer life, step forward and be specific. And if you have what ifs, you tell him. And he will answer you in his way if you're patient and if you listen. There's a great concept in prayer called listening. You don't have to do all the talking. Do you know that? Listen. And you will hear what you are to do. And if you don't hear it, say, God, I will be patient and I will let you lead because I trust in your word. Father, I thank you for this experience and the story of Moses. There at the burning bush, he gave us an example of, of doubting even God's word, even though he identified who he was. He saw those things. He saw the burning bush. He, he even did those tests for him, knowing that he was him. He still had doubts. He still had the what-ifs in his life. Oh, how much it reflects us. 
But you didn't give up on him. You didn't say, okay, I'll go find someone else. You continued to call, continued to lead him. And the story that unfolded, marvelous for all of us to see. I thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you for our pathfinders today and their ministry. I thank you for the staff who stands behind them, who patiently teaches them, who leads them, who's committed. And Lord, there are those sitting here that know I'd like to be an adventure club or I'd like to be a pathfinder. It's that time to step forward and do so. And maybe you are an individual who needs to be a leader, willing to help with adventurers or with pathfinders or, or whatever skills to help them. May we answer the call, Lord, and when you say, let's go, time to go, we are willing. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>